So you're a real property appraiser. You're a practitioner. You're out in the field every day. And when you're not in the field, you're in your office analyzing data, trying to figure it out. What is the value problem? How are we going to figure this sucker out? And you're dealing with a complex property, or maybe it's not a complex property, but you're having some issues. You're having some challenges. In particular, what is the amount of the adjustment for this differential? What do you do? It's your opinion, but you need to be basing your opinion on something. Quit throwing the dart at the dartboard and let's figure it out. This is Brian Reynolds. You're listening to the Appraisal Update Podcast. Guys, I'm super, super excited to have a guest on the program today, Mr. George Dell. He's an MAI, SRA, ASA, CRE, gosh, whatever else I can think about. <laughs> Mr. George Dell, wel welcome to the program, my friend. How are you? Thank you very much. Good to be here. Very good. And before we really kind of get, get going along this journey here, George, of how to support your adjustment, um, I just wanted the, the, the listeners to understand that you've got all these impressive credentials and, and you're a very sought out speaker and, and educator. Uh, you do some litigation support, uh, but you're still a practicing appraiser, right? I mean, if somebody wanted uh, to hire you to appraise their house, you might be interested in that assignment. Is that true? Well, once in a while, you know, I make a lot more money doing the litigation support, but most of my work is residential. Very cool. Very cool. And then I think you, you had mentioned something to me as well that you, you do some unique stuff like, uh, Hey, I, I bought this house because it's got a, got a great view and now you're, you're messing up my view, <laughs> right? right? Uh, you do a little of, little of consulting work along that line, right? Absolutely. Great. A, great. Lot of, a lot of litigation, especially in Southern California where you've got the ocean views and, you know, I, I always say in my class, the, 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 the lot is worth 500000 the house is worth 600000 and the view is worth $3 million. <laughs> Exactly. And, Don't uh, mess with my view. Uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, and, you know, I also, I jokingly say, it always gets a laugh, is I have, I, get the, I have the best clients in the world. They're rich and they're angry. There you go. There, you know, when you find that combination, I mean, they're, they're willing to really just kind of throw whatever amount of money they need to, to get their way or get what they want. So, so sometimes that happens. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's a good client. Sign me up for those. <laughs> so George, let's, let's talk for a minute. And I call this, you know, kind of the appraiser's dirty little secret. And I don't know if that's fair or not, but you know, you've been at this game for, for a little bit. Uh, I've been at this game for a few years. And I think it's fair to say that even 10 years ago, but certainly 15, 20 years ago, appraisers weren't really questioned <laughs> that much about their adjustments. Uh, right. Even in litigation, I do a little, you know, a little bit of litigation support and, and expert witness testimony as well. And it was rare that, that a, a cross-examination attorney would say, well, how'd you get that adjustment? 
And a good attorney will not ask you a question that at least they, they don't think they know the answer to, right? So, but now we're in different times. I mean, we have a lot of folks specifically questioning us, looking over our shoulders, examining our reports. And we have a lot of folks coming out and saying, you know, you gotta, you gotta tell me, how did you get this adjust, let's say view adjustment, or, or what are you hanging your hat on for this adjustment you've made for architectural style, right? And what I hear, I mean, I just taught, I, I just taught seven classes over the last 10 days, and we, we've had this question in some of those classes. What technique are you using to support your opinion for that adjustment? And, and, and one lady just was brutally honest. Well, my supervisor told me to just use this number, and that's what, and that's what I'm using. Well, that's not good enough. So, George, what, what are some of the, you know, what ideas or thoughts do you have if we've got a listener out there right now saying, you know, I, I am that guy. I, was, I, I had that supervisor that, that told me just to do it this way, and I want to learn more. I want to know what, what techniques are there available to help me support my opinions and conclusions. What would you say to that person? Well, uh, actually, I'm going to just repeat, uh, bring up for the things that are, that are taught in my stats, graphs, and data science class. And basically, it's a, there, there are three types of adjustments. Okay. Uh, there, there's those that can be actually do. Once you have the data set right, the competitive market segment, once you've got that, then the answer is deterministic. In other words, that's the number, period. It's just math. And that's beautiful when you, when you can do that. Okay. And other times... Uh, you get an approximate answer. Uh, it, it, it centers around the right answer, but you've got some variation left in there. And then the third type we talk about in class, in fact, I have a 45-minute example of a residential neighborhood here in San Diego. We, we look at a graph and a simple regression on that. And basically, when you end up with an answer, you know it's too high or too low. It's biased, but it's still useful. So you got the, the exact answer, you got the approximate answer, and you got a biased answer. But then you, when you get a biased answer, you can still put on your appraiser hat and say, I'm going to adjust my biased calculation slightly up or slightly down for these reasons. The whole point of this is you're getting closer to, to the real, real answer. Uh, so there's that, that's the three types of adjustments. Basically... Uh, well, let me let me talk, talk sure. uh, if I can continue here for a second. Uh, the, the the three types of uh, analysis. Um, one is well, two main types of analysis. One is simple regression, and, and the type of analysis you can do depends on the 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 level of data you've got. If you've got continuous variables like square foot or time. Uh, then a simple regression is what we teach. Uh, not multiple regression, simple regression. Mm -hmm. And there's heavy reasons for that. And we go into why simple regression works and how to make it work and how difficult multiple regression is. So simple regression is one answer. The other one is what we call contrasting. By the way, these are words from the world of economics and statistics and uh, data science. So they're, they're similar to what we use in appraisal, but slightly different. Uh, so so uh, we call it contrasting. In the appraisal of real estate, in most of our literature, it's called grouped pair comparison. Uh, the difference is that in contrasting, we, we pay careful, careful, close attention 
to making the data, the, the two comparison data sets exactly equal and how to do that. And the third way, which we don't teach in my class, but we touch on, it's, it's called non-parametric non statistics or order statistics. Uh, that's for data which you can put in order, but you can't measure it. It's, it's kind of like what you did in the third grade when your, kid, when your teacher said, okay, we're going to learn about uh, numbers and stuff. And everybody line up on the wall, the shortest on the left and the tallest kid on the right. They, they line themselves up, up in order. That's good information, but you know nothing about how tall each one of them is because nobody measured. So that's ordinal statistics. And that's what I use in my, my specialty, which is uh, view, the value of view on residential stuff, especially here in Southern California where the view is so valuable. That's great. Now, now, now let's back up for, for just a minute, okay? Because, man, you're using all these technical fancy words and I'm, 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 I'm st staying with you about every other word. And that's just me. I always tell, I got a, I got a good buddy that's an MAI up in, uh, up in Indiana real close. And actually, he, he does some work with me occasionally. And I, I constantly have to say, Greg, you got to dumb it down. I mean, you got to dumb it way down for Brian so that I can understand it. So let's go back to your simple regression for a minute. And sure. I think that may be called linear regression as well. And, and if I said that word, I may have butchered it. I don't know. But, but for, for our listeners and for me, George, let's make this pretty simple. When, when we talk about simple regression, uh, you're talking about really zoning in on one variable. Is that correct? Exactly. Okay. So, so we're, we're, we're running a regression and we're really just trying to figure out what this one variable, what the probability is going to be in this one variable, right? Yes. yes. A, a multiple regression would be multiple variables, right? So, um, how hard is this stuff? I mean, we talk about regression and I know people, I know appraisers listening right now are going to say, Oh my God, this just scares me to death. Um, if somebody was interested in learning a simple regression technique, what do they got to do? I mean, I know come take your class. Number one, I get that, <laughs> but I mean, how, if they took your class, after that, would they feel comfortable running that model on their own? Absolutely. The, the reality is it's very simple. You know, I find that we, our, our profession has been so hampered that we continue to use word from the 1930s and 1940s. Our, our, there's been so little progress towards the science, towards the fact that we've got huge computer power now, that we've got data. When I became an appraiser, scratching together three or four comps was 80% of my work. Yeah. And I would type it, give it to the typist. Two days later, it'd come back. I'd get my red pencil out. Today, you push a button, and in two seconds, you've got all 32 comps. Mm -hmm. So the, the nature of the problem has changed from scratching together data to understanding the data. Hey, I always ask folks that are smarter than I when, when it comes to a sampling of data. And I've heard different answers. So I'm just curious to know what, you would, what you're going to say. Um, how large does a data set need to be for for credible results, if you will? You're going to hate my answer. You're no, no. Be, I get asked that question a lot. I said, you're an appraiser. You don't get to ask how much data do I need. <laughs> you get, if it's two comps, that's what you work with. If, you, if it's 2,000 comps, your best answer is using all 2,000. 
Okay. Okay. We don't, right. we're appraisers. We don't get to ask that question. Yeah. Gosh, dang it. Well, I, I ask <laughs> mathematician and uh, statisticians all the time. And I, I hear a, a common answer I hear is 31. And I don't, I don't know if that there's a, there's a right answer or wrong answer. I've heard 60, I've heard a hundred, but uh, 31 seems to pop out quite a bit as, as kind of the, the minimum if, if you can, you don't have that many. So, well, that, so that, that's, that's wrong. It's 25. It's not 30. No, 25. That, 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 <laughs> no that, that, that's, that's completely irrelevant. And okay. I'll tell you why, because I and most of us that are over 30 years old uh, learned our statistic back in the days when it was inferential statistics. And the problem was how do you represent a population of 2000 or 20,000 or 2 million people or even 40 from a random sample. So the, mm -hmm. the number 30 or 25 or 60 is what you needed to have a reasonable approximation from a random sample to the population. Well, guess what? That's not even the problem appraisers has to answer. Right. In appraisal right. of real estate, it says the appraisal process is essentially predictive in nature. We're not trying to characterize a population. We're trying to predict the hypothetical sale of a house from all the data that we can lay our hands on that's relevant. Yeah. And, that, yeah, and the word relevant is used in USPAP and in the appraisal of real estate. So that's, that's, you know, that's why we get paid the big bucks, right? I mean, we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to measure something that's really immeasurable. We're, we're trying to measure human behavior. You know, yes. how's, how's that typical market participant going to behave? Uh, I don't know. I can tell you how some atypical market participants will behave, but sometimes it, 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 it is a challenge uh, trying to, trying to measure that. Uh, especially with if we're if we're in an area with limited data, so that that gets to be a real challenge. So, George, I know you teach some of this stuff. Talk about uh, talk about where somebody could find information on some of your upcoming classes. If uh, if I want to come out and visit you, I, I think you have a two day class, right? Is that uh, yeah? That's uh, the two day class is called Stats, Graphs, and Data Science One. Um, that's my preliminary uh, introductory prerequisite class. Uh, we, we do have two or three others, but that, that's the big one, uh, and it really covers the material. And uh, it, it covers a lot of material. I've, I've been accused of the fire hose effect many times, and uh, big words. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I say that apologetically, not because I want to do that, but because I have to in order for clarity to get away from the cottage industry stuff that we, that continues on in our literature from the 30s, 40s and 50s, we got to get with, say, no, we're, we're going to bite the bullet and, and change a little bit. So anyway, that's, that's, uh, I have a blog, okay. uh, georgedell.com. Uh, I have two websites, but georgedell.com gives you the entry point into everything that I, I have. Uh, Very good. That's, that's easy to remember, georgedell.com. Yeah, and so when's your next class? I, I mean, I may want to come sit in on one of these. So when, when's your next class and where's it going to be? Do you know where I know him? Got him coming up. Let's see. I've got one coming up in Sacramento in January. Um, got one coming up in Florida in uh, Miami area in March. Um, that early might be March, a good one. Um, in uh, got, in, got got both the Stats and Graphs 1 and Stats and Graphs 2 coming up in Oakland, you know, in the San Francisco Bay Area in March also. Uh, let's see. Uh, that's all I can think of right now. Uh, 
planning That's perfect those are those are nice warm clients for me to yeah. <laughs> climate for me to come to uh let me ask you this what do i need for that class do i need to bring up my laptop do i need excel what what software do i need? uh well actually the that thanks for that question uh, you do need a laptop uh, we, we prefer the uh, microsoft software uh, we, we can accommodate apple type people but uh, we get very few of those Mm -hmm. You need a laptop. We provide the software. Uh, I, I emphasize open source software, uh, both an open source uh, spreadsheet, which is equivalent to, to Excel. Uh, the reason we do that in class is because then everybody's got exactly the same software. You, yeah. when, I, when I tell a class push button B, everybody pushes button B and gets exactly the same results. We used to waste so much time wasted, uh, wow. with different versions of Excel. And then we, we're moving into R, which is a, a true analytics package. Uh, it's particularly an update from spreadsheets that commercial appraisers use so much. Uh, it's, it's just better all the way around without getting into it. So I, ju I just want to make sure I understand this. So if I sign up for your class in, coming up in Florida in March, and, uh, and I don't, I'll have to check the dates. I don't know for sure. But I, I'm serious. I'm interested in coming. Because I, I, the thing about me is I love to learn, right? So... I could use some more smarts here. So, so I bring a laptop. I, I, you're going to provide the, uh, the software available. And, and earlier I asked you, uh, if a student comes and takes this class from you and, and when they leave, they would at least have a general understanding when they get back to their office where they could run a simple regression model. Absolutely. Uh, probably, uh, I, I absolutely insist that people walk out of there with at least one tool that they're comfortable and confident with, and that's how to do the price index uh, on a, on a, on a mar market segment or in a neighborhood. Um, it, it, it's a simple regression. It's a scatter graph. And before, if you come to the class, Brian, uh, you'll have done that three or four times in class and get the, get results that are useful immediately. So the class has two goals. One is tools you can leave with immediately, the simple regression, the contrasting, and also to prepare you for the future. Uh, I, I think uh, the near future is changing dramatically. Fannie and Freddie are changing. Uh, Freddie Mac hired a guy uh, who's got a master's degree in data science. And oh, by the way, he's a former student of mine. Uh, the VA is making changes. And oh, by the way, the chief appraiser at the VA is a former student of mine. I'm in conversation with him. Um, you may or may not know my history, but I was the number one fighter of the 1004 MC for many years. Uh, at one point, even had Ralph Nader helping me trying to get rid of the 1004 MC. I failed miserably. <laughs> failed miserably. I learned a lot about life and, and bureaucracies and... and, and uh, red tape and resistance to change. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and, the 1004 MC is technically gone now. I mean, it's, uh, uh, I know some of the, some of the clients still require it, but, uh, but, but Fanny, Fanny finally said, you know, right. okay, don't do it. So, so preparing for the future and some tools you can leave with that are useful immediately that help you transition into the future. Very, very cool. Well, Mr. George Dell, thank you for, you know, I just bumped into you today and, and we were having a conversation and, and uh, I, I bumped into you out in Vegas at a, at a conference. And unfortunately, we, we didn't have a chance to kind of visit and I apologize for that. But 
uh, we were chatting a moment ago, uh, and I said, "Hey, let, let's just let's just record this thing and make it a podcast." So I appreciate your willingness to do that. And uh, if anybody listening to this right now would be interested in in finding out more, you know, we we talked about georgedale.com. If someone wants to reach out to you directly, is your contact information on there, like your email address or phone number? Or what's the best way for them to get in touch with you, George? Well, go to my blog that has uh, ways to contact me several ways, email addresses, phone numbers for myself and my assistant. Uh, if you want to give me money, I have an asset analyst report, which is a couple <laughs> hundred bucks a year uh, that goes much more deeply and, and explains more detailed the things that are taught in class. Uh, and also as, as kind of a side issue, we, we had the Stats and Graphs 1 and 2 in Detroit earlier this year. And there were a lot of influencers there, great influencers. Uh, you weren't there, but the rest of them were great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to get you, Brian. You, um, Thank you. And hey, basically, I'm sorry, let, let me do that. We kicked off what's called the community of asset analysts. Basically, it's people that are dedicated to being ready for the future. The need for an opinion of value uh, of a point two weeks ago is a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. There's so many other things that we have to sell and benefit and contribute to the world that only appraisers are really the best. We're the best to do that. We just need to get with it. Yeah. You know, I, one of the things that I say with regularity is I, I think that, that the old school of thought of continuing to look backwards, we sometimes ought to look forward. And, uh, and I know we're, we're taught and the industry says, Hey, let's look at historical data. And, and, and that is important. But I think equally important is to look forward and see what's what's happening now and what's predicted to happen in the future can make a big difference as well. Hey, one last question, I'll let you go. I've got some listeners out there I know right now are thinking, yeah, this regression stuff, it's scary. Okay, maybe I'll come take George's class. Maybe I'll get a little insight. Maybe I'll find out how to do this simple regression I hear them talking about. Maybe I'll use that to support my opinion of a particular adjustment. But how is that underwriter? How is that process? Are they going to rip me? Can I use this for the the houses that I appraise every day that's going to be sold to Fannie Mae? In other words, will the lending community accept this as a technique, George? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that. I've been doing this price indexing, simple regression for almost 20 years. And at one point I had an office with about six or seven residential appraisers. We use that all the time. I have probably used that method on two or 3,000 residential appraisals that I used my, that I did myself, not, okay. not my, my people. Um, and I've only had two of them ever come back for any reason. Um, one was my fault. I, I did something stupid. I, I let my ego get in the way. But the other, other one, you'll, you'll enjoy the story. Uh, you know, re- the review appraiser was real sharp. He had six months experience as an appraiser, <laughs> as a review appraiser. Yeah. And he, he was carefully following his instructions that he should, uh, that uh, all adjustments ought to be bracketed. So he kicked it back to me and said, all my time adjustments went in the same direction. Could I please fix it? Yeah. Killing me, killing me, yeah, <laughs> killing yeah. me. That's a true story. Oh my gosh, yeah. I, I, I had I had that on bracketing too. I, I bring up this subdivision that I grew up in one once I turned nine years old. It's called Thoroughbred Acres, and I'm I'm in the I I live in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. I'm in Nashville a lot, but 
I reside in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And as you know, we have the Kentucky Derby here, right? So the subdivision I lived in was named after the thoroughbred horses. Like we had a street called Secretariat, right? Most folks have heard right. of Secretariat. I lived on Citation Avenue, but that, that subdivision is comprised of one two-story model, two one-and-a-half-story models, and then probably, I don't know, seven or eight different ranch styles. Well, there's one particular ranch style that, that I say back in the 1970s and early 80s was the highest and best use, clearly, because it's the Gulfstream model. And that's the one the builder made the most money on. That's why that's the predominant improvement in that subdivision, right? It's 1,595 square feet, three-bedroom, two-bath with a two-car garage. Say you're appraising one today. You've got eight Gulfstream model sales. Why in the hell would you try and bracket GLA when you've got eight sales of 1,595 square feet? I mean, it would be highly inappropriate to try to bracket. You got the same house. And, uh, and so, yeah, maybe bracketing is important sometimes, but bracketing is not important all the time. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Price, le price, price, levels, <laughs> price levels tend to go the same direction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why are you bracketing time? <laughs> Come on, George. <laughs> I love it. Well, again, I, Mr. George Dell, I thank you for your time. I thank you for being here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to reach out to Mr. Dell, find out where he's going to be speaking or talking, or more important, teaching his course you can find out via georgedale.com thank you once again george i'd love to have you back again thanks so much for having me the appraisal update podcast is brought to you by appraiser e-learning